Hello. Hello. <laughs> I am Morgan. I'm Hannah. And this is Spill the Milk. <laughs> so um, we did take the week off for Thanksgiving, so we appreciate your patience. Hopefully um, the three-part BTK kind of held you over. Um, I know they were released like weeks apart, but still um, go listen to it if you haven't already. I think it's a pretty good But series. not before bedtime. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, because Hannah couldn't fall asleep. But if you can fall asleep to that kind of stuff, then Which go you're ahead. psycho if you can. Which I can, so I'm psycho. Psycho, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I just can. It's weird. No, thanks. I think I just feel secure and I maybe shouldn't. I don't know. Not me, man. I'm always on edge. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that. Um, so a couple things. Uh, first, I want to talk about the fact that I got a guinea pig. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. <laughs> impulse buy. Um, he came from like a home that didn't really take care of him. Um, and Pet it was Petco, I think I got him at, which Petco and PetSmart, how they treat animals, don't even get me started. So that also Why'd you of, give him your money then? Uh, it's tough. Well, I give him my money because I like buy their animals because I feel so fucking bad. <laughs> um, they really don't treat animals well. But anyways, um, so there was this guinea pig and they were like $30 for the cage and everything. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Anyways, long story short, didn't treat him well. Someone just dropped him off that day. Bought him. He's three years old. His name's Melvin. He's doing really well. He's actually getting kind of sassy. I think he's realizing he's spoiled here <laughs> because he wakes me up in the morning now. He like did this fucking scream this morning. It was like, <laughs> Ooh, is it like the gopher video where it's standing on the Dude, rock? Kind of. Yes. It was like, it wasn't that oh, bad. That's my favorite video. It was high pitched though. And I was like, what the hell? Um, and then I finally, like, cut up some apples and gave it to him, and he was fine. <laughs> I was like, you are learning too fast. <laughs> Dude, you spoil everything that comes into your care, yeah. and you let them walk all over you. I know. It's bad. Pepe it, it just, really like, is. bites the ever-living shit out of you. Bella is the boss. <laughs> Bella is. Actually, I told her last night. Oh, actually, it was this morning when I was, like, kind of dicking off because I woke up early. Dicking um, off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's dicking around. Whatever. We were dicking <laughs> off, dicking around. Um, but we were laying in bed, and she was laying on top of me, and I said, I just want you to know you are a princess, but I'm the queen. God, don't tell her that. I said, but I'm the queen. Oh, my God. I call her princess all the time. I'm going to be sick. But anyways, yes, that did happen um since then so and i wanted to talk about that parade um oh i don't want to talk about that that's so fucking sad i know but it happened in wisconsin so i think we need to um i can't remember where did it happen anna i want to say waukesha i was gonna say waukesha but it didn't feel right yeah um so um there was a guy running from a past crime scene and the waukesha um Obviously, they were having their parade, and he just, like, plowed through it all. Um, I, I haven't looked up updates recently. I just saw it the day it happened and, like, the day after I looked, but... Yeah, um, I think they, they took him into custody. They knew who it was. And yeah. then there was a second suspect. I don't know if they caught the second guy or not, but I know the first guy they did. I know he had a passenger in his car, too, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but super sad. Um, our 
prayers and thoughts obviously go out to those families in Waukesha. And we hope that, you know, that shit never happens again. That's really disgusting behavior and not acceptable. So um, besides that, Hannah, I'm, I talked a lot, so I'm going to let you kind of take it over. Yeah, so I have a shit ton of stuff to get through. So yeah, I'm just going to start. <laughs> so this week's topic, I gave it away on the last BTK episode. Was but it the last or was it like three weeks? <laughs> I, I don't remember. know. It was like... We gave it away on a BTK It was BTK a way episode. long time ago. <laughs> We're going over Bonnie and Clyde. Oh my God, my voice squeaked. Bonnie my and Clyde. <laughs> so... I did not think, okay, before I say this, I don't want anyone to think I'm a freaking weirdo. I did not think I was going to be so fascinated by them. They're really interesting, like, people as people. Not so much, like, obviously people died and that's not cool. But, like, them as people, they went through some shit. And I didn't know a lot of that. And I learned so much. I... I am so interested in this topic, and I did not think I was going to be this interested. Which, maybe we feel bad for them when they're going through shit, but when they're killing people, they can fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not saying, like, that is okay for them to kill people. No, I agree. But, like, I don't know. I just find them so fascinating, like, all the random shit they were doing. Because it's not like, I don't know, I'll get into it, but, like, it's not like that was their goal to go kill people, but, like... It happened, so still not cool, but, like... Well, let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, anyways, um, intro to the 1930s, which is when this is taking place. So there were all kinds of rebels, like um, John Dillinger, Jesse James, Billy the Kid. Um, We'll go over more of those people um, in, like, separate episodes. I would like to do something about, like, the Wild West and, like, intro to this time period, just because I've been so fascinated by this so far. But... Um, those are people that Clyde kind of looked up to and a lot of kids, um, especially in poorer areas in Texas, like where we're going to be talking about, kind of looked up to these guys, even though they were considered outlaws, but, um, they looked up to them because they fought off oppression by the law and, um, rich people in authoritative positions. So that was kind of where they, they were still outlaws, but that's kind of why people liked them per se Which, and then could you imagine that nowadays <laughs> yeah they'd be arrested so fucking fast but like not a chance <laughs> but like at this time frame they're really not that far out from like what was considered the wild west yeah so that's kind of why um and then more into why they were like kind of looked up to at that point and why Bonnie and Clyde and like gangsters at this time were like so well known and there were so many of them. So World War One had just ended, well, was going on just before this. So during the war, um, farm production in Europe obviously stopped because you can't plant a crop and then have a war on the same spot. So Um, American crops were in like worldwide demand so they had to supply for all of the crops that were being lost in Europe so before the war cotton an example of one of the crops cotton was at like 10 to 12 cents per pound before the war as of armistice day which is during war um or right after 
I just sounded stupid. <laughs> I think that's at the end of the war. <laughs> it was up to 40 cents, but there were rumors of it shooting up to like 50 to 60 cents. Holy shit. And then, yeah, so it like quadrupled. And then once the war ended and European farmers were like actually able to sell their own crops again, American crops weren't needed. So all of the stuff that they just planted and grew and now they're ready to sell no. were only being sold at like eight cents a pound, which is less than what it was before the war. Holy shit. So they're losing money on that. So that that brings us into the Great Depression. So like Bonnie and Clyde, for them, the Great Depression really wasn't a big deal because it barely changed their day-to-day lives. Like, like for, for a lot of people, it was very much like you could tell when the Great Depression hit. For them, it was like, it's just another day, pretty much the same. Um, but of the two of them, like, they both grew up really poor, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But, like, of the two of them, Clyde was definitely worse off. Like, he was definitely far more poor. Um, but as far as, like, the country as a whole, 25 and a, sorry, 24 and a half percent of adults in the U.S. were without work. Can you, like, wow. that seems so odd compared to right now. Like, the surplus of jobs that we have. Yeah. And, like, the people that just don't want to work at this point. So, like, right now in 2021, if you don't have a job, it's almost like you don't want a job. Because you don't want it. Yeah. There's so many jobs available. And, like, at this time, you know, 90 years ago. It's like you were begging for a job. Yeah. Like, you could not get a job. So, um, there were areas of the country that were, like, worse off than others. So, like I was saying before... Texas would be considered one of the poorer parts of the country just because all these crops were selling for far less. So these farmers are all losing money. And then you already have the poor, the poor people that are there, like Bonnie and Clyde, and they're based out of like just outside of Dallas. So, um, which I'll talk about more, but so like Texas was probably better off than a lot of places because they were used to living in, you know, with less money but like areas of the country like the northeast a lot of them had businesses shut down and people that like seemed to be doing well in life that were broke within days of the great depression hitting that is just i can't imagine i can't imagine like you're you have a business you're doing well or you have like a farm everything's going well yep and And all of a sudden it's gone four days later it's gone yep well then since all of this is like spiraling. So with the Great Depression and all these farmers not being able to get money for their crops, they're trying so desperately to make up for their lost profits that they didn't give their the ground like breaks between their crops. So typically you have like an on season and off season. You like sometimes you can plant like a different crop in the winter to kind of like give the ground nutrients and you give it a break and you switch crops every couple years. So it has different, different things. And it's like the plants are asking for different things, like stuff like that. They didn't right. even give their, the ground a break between crops. Like it was take the, take the field off and then you plant something else like the next day. 
Yeah. So they were doing that over and over and over again. So all of the ground in, um, what is it? Like the Great Plains. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They lost like all their moisture and like all of the nutrients in the ground. So all that ground was so dry. Um, And as, well, not as a result of the dry ground, but like as a result of like all these farmers, like losing all this money, there were 20,000 farms a month that failed in 1931. No shit. Mm-hmm. Oh my, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, and I'm just thinking about all of the, f- the small farms, like the family farms now yeah. that are going under and like all yes. these big farms that are coming up, which like, I get it. Like big farms are there for money, but like, I can't imagine on a scale that big. You're losing almost every farm. It doesn't matter yeah. what, you know, 20,000 farms a month. Right. It doesn't, here's us Wisconsin girls being like, oh my God, 20 farms a month. There are 20,000 farms a month. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at it. Like, I guess I don't, and like granted ours are, a our, lot, our farms are little different because most of our farms are like dairy farms versus theirs are probably mostly crop farms but like still still (laughs) that's freaking nuts i'm still thinking about those cows (laughs) (laughs) but like okay so they okay so in uh, oh i didn't write where this was somewhere in the u.s or maybe this was the u.s as a whole they set a record of like 250 million bushels of wheat being um, produced, but it really didn't matter because the price that they were selling it for was like a quarter per bushel, which was only half of what it cost the farmer to grow it. I was so they say- were losing money on these crops, like losing half of what they put into it. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. It's like, what's well, even the point of being losing, a farmer? Losing all of what they put in it, into it, and then some. And then some. Like, what's even the point of farming at that point? Yeah, so that's why you have this influx of people into these cities, like Dallas, which I'll talk about once I talk about Clyde's family. But so then we talked about how all that that dirt was so dry and the ground was terrible and all that. So there was a reporter. His name is Timothy Egan. He wrote that the tractors had done what no hailstorm, no blizzard, nor to- no tornado, no drought, no epic siege of frost, no prairie fire, nothing in the natural history of the Southern Plains had ever done. They had removed the native prairie grass so completely that by the end of 1931, it was a different land, 33 million acres stripped bare in the Southern Plain. Just, that's... 33 million acres! That holy is, crap like even if you put it money wise holy shit <laughs> holy shit like you look at it acres but like think how much you pay an acre for buying a house or something like think yeah. about how much that is yeah well then because of that this created dust storms that were just like totally beating the shit out of kansas oklahoma texas um, between like late 1930 and early 1932 and 
it said on in January of 1932, there was a 10,000-foot-tall black cloud that enveloped um, Amarillo. That's a well, city. damn. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> Anyways, I lost the the whole suspense there. A 10,000-foot-tall <gasps> cloud. I was with you. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, imagine being in your house and be like, well, Susie, I'm going to make meatloaf for dinner. And then you look out the window and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so much for the paint. Now that's all gone. Yeah. Guess what? We're not having meatloaf for dinner. We're actually probably going to die. <laughs> like, fuck that. Yeah. So it was described as a black blizzard with an edge like steel wool. Oh, and great. And then the government's response as to, like, let me guess, their, their advice. Let me guess. They were probably like, yeah, just maybe like hang out in your cellars. <laughs> oh, no, no. I thought you, no, I thought you were going to say it. Um, their advice, which I don't know what advice you would give, but their advice was that they wet sheets and hang them on the windows to keep no out as much dirt shit. as possible. That's even worse than the cellars. Yeah. But like, it was so hard to like know when it was going to happen because these things move so fucking fast. And normally like, they were in like, like in your vicinity within like minutes of them first being seen. So yeah, there was like no terrible. way for you even to like brace yourself. You live in your cellar. <laughs> yeah. Well, We've all seen Wizard of Oz. She tries to get in the cellar, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like my favorite movie as a kid, even though it like scared the absolute shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, there's some scary parts in that. Oh, but that was like my favorite movie. Very good movie. Agreed. Well, I was I was told I literally would ask for it and then like sit and watch it on repeat all day. I don't well, remember that, but we all love a good Dorothy. We all love a good Over the Rainbow. Yeah. Her life is very sad. Maybe one day we'll cover that too. Yeah. Anyways, continue. I mentioned her later on in here. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, the first of the two that we're going to talk about is Bonnie Parker. I didn't even put her birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare you? <laughs> I think she was born in, like, 19... At this point, 10? does she deserve a birthday? Yes. I Perhaps think so. not. So, well, I okay. think so. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> Okay, I think she was born in, like, 1920. I can look it up for later. But she grew up in Cement City, which was, like, a subdivision. Sub. It wasn't a suburb. It was not. It was a poor, poor subsection of Dallas. Um, and for most of her young adult life, well, most of her life in general, she didn't grow up with a father, really, because he had died unexpectedly when she was, like, four which this does play like a huge part in her life. Um, and it's like a big reason why she ended up being the way she was. But, like her dad in general played a huge part in her life. Um, even though he's only around till she was like four. Um, her mother, her mother kind of makes me mad. So her mom insisted that she and their whole family, um, were better than the circumstances than, like, they were born into, which, like, yes, that's a good thing. You are better than what you are given. But 
she went like way too far <laughs> and told her kids they were superior to everyone in Dallas. And damn, sounds like me when I'm for like for like no reason. Just like you are better. No one asks questions. Hmm. So Okay. I mean, part of the reason like I I was kind of speculating this, but like I also heard this on one of the podcasts too later on that Bonnie's father was like a brick mason. So he had like a air quotes real job. I was gonna say that's a pretty good job. Yeah, versus, like, a lot of the men that lived in Cement City were farmers. Mm -hmm. So that could have been her mom saying, like, oh, Danny has a real job and these old fucks just sit around. Yeah, I could see that. But she took it, like, way too fucking far anyways. By the way, I looked up. (laughs) I I looked up Bonnie's um, birthday just because I was curious. She was born. Was it 1910? Yes, October 1st, 1910. I was trying to do the math <laughs> of like job. when she died. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. She died on, they both died on my birthday. Like, Stop! More no, kids. none of these people know Spoiler my birthday. Alert. Nobody knows my birthday. Well, I'm going to tell them. Oh, shit. Well, sorry. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> I was excited. That's okay. You have like three weeks to brace yourselves. <laughs> I know, right? You'll forget. Sorry, that was disgusting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she definitely always wanted to be the center of attention. So she was like three years old. She was asked. The mom or Bonnie? Bonnie. Okay. Well, kind of both of them, but Bonnie more so. Like, that's one of her very well-known characteristics um, is that she definitely wanted to be the center of attention. Again, that plays a huge part in why she is the way she is. But... When she was, like, three, she was asked to sing in church with a couple other kids. And she got up in front of church and started singing the song, He's a Devil in His Own Hometown. hmm Instead of, you know, the, the song they were going to sing in church. hmm So. Yeah. Seems um, logical. Dramatic. <laughs> Seems like a good old church song. <laughs> like, what Look at fuck? this. Yeah. Hey, mom, watch this. (laughs) Are you like, what are your parents? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I would not. I was going to say, like, you know, when you're like, try to impress your parents and you're like, hey, mom, look at this. (laughs) And you like, do some fucking stupid cartwheel or something. I just imagine Bonnie be like, hey, mom, watch this. And she sings some fucking devil song at church. Oh, I don't. A little, a little alien. (laughs) Probably. So after that whole incident and probably many others, her father just couldn't bring himself to spank her or punish her at all because she's just too darn cute. Where the f- <laughs> Okay. Um, that's me and my pets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to be serial killers, Morgan. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sometimes a little bit of discipline is good. That is, discipline means they love you within reason. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> Morgan, I've I seen your sometimes. discipline. It's not. That yeah, sounded, it's, that's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, loose threats. It's, yeah, there's <laughs> not much there. Yeah. I've seen your discipline over pets. Yeah. Imagine if I had fucking kids. God. <sighs> it's, there's minimal. Yeah. Okay. So in this situation... Family loyalty was strengthened by poverty. 
which there's huge differences. Okay, so that's kind of like one thing that's similar to the Barrows and the Parkers. Um, Barrows are Clyde's family, obviously. Um, but that's like one thing that's very similar for them is that their family was very close because of how poor they were. But like some of the huge differences, or one of them at least, is that like they were both like religious people but the Barrows went to church because that's what Jesus wanted them to do. The Parkers went to church because that's what the good, like the best people did. AKA why Bonnie sang the devil song. Yeah. <laughs> attention. No ties and attention. <laughs> um, but everyone says that Bonnie was like not mean spirited at all, but she did have some like weird things that, red flags <laughs> so she liked fire because the flames were pretty okay and... i like get that though like you like what? a good bonfire that's like arsonist okay but i'm thinking like okay you like a bonfire like a four-year-old saying they like flames that doesn't weird me out because i think like you're curious at that age like oh that's really pretty like you like a, a bonfire or something like that sorry cutting holes <laughs> about that one like i look at my nephew he thinks fire is cool i mean he's yeah but if he's starting fires because oh no 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 i didn't know she was starting the fires god that's what i'm saying oh i think you should just just find a fire i didn't know i thought maybe like i don't know they had fires back then fire stoves i don't know (laughs) well anyways so it could have just been that she walked by a fire thought it was pretty whatever but like i'm pretty sure she was like starting little fires um anyways then she got drunk off of her grandpa's wine stash when she was little and she never got punished for that either so pretty much she knew she could do whatever she wanted and no one would discipline her ever um But she was known to have a temper, no matter, like, how nice everyone thought she was. She was known to have a temper. She'd fight with boys and girls all the same. She really didn't give a shit. Um, At least she wasn't discriminating against the boys and the girls. She just wanted to beat the shit out of everyone. Keep it even. (laughs) Keep it even. I like it. (laughs) Um, But even as, like, a little girl, she always wanted to be someone's girlfriend. So that kind of also like foreshadow here she always wanted to be with someone um she also desperately wanted to be an actress or a poet when she grew up she wanted to be rich and famous and just be on the big screens at the theaters so at 15 she had scraped up enough money to get her own glamour shot which we would probably call like a headshot or no like, do like a photo shoot so I want to get a glamour shot done and I want it to be so cheesy. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I just love No, that you're her. good. <laughs> I'm all about that. Get your glamour shot, girl. <laughs> I don't know. Part of me kind of like likes that she's so ambitious and like Me too. Like everyone that has go get it. <laughs> every like literally everyone that talks about Bonnie throughout this whole thing just talks about how nice she is and how much they loved her. And it wasn't like she was like a sociopath where she was like manipulative or like conniving or anything like that. Like she was very like outgoing and personable and like very much like very good with people. Very much. You'll do anything for love. 
<laughs> is what I'm hearing. No. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Let's hear it. So, okay. One of her problems was that she couldn't, like, obviously scouts are not looking for, um, they're not looking for people in, like, the poor parts of West Dallas. So, that wasn't really an option for her. But she did get one of her wishes at just before the age of 16, she got married to Roy Thornton. So, so she was 15 when she got married, which even at that time was like super weird and young yeah, for people to get not married. A fan. Ew. Um, which I guess her mom wasn't really on the same page with that, like at first, but she would not shut the fuck up. So her mom was like, okay, literally just do it. Like, I don't care. I, I, I. <laughs> yeah. When it's that bad that your kid won't shut up, that you're I just know. like, fine, get married at the age of 15. I know. <laughs> I mean, granted, people were still getting married really young. Still. But, like, when I say, like, really young, I would think that's probably, like, 17, 18. At 15, I barely yeah. knew what the hell I was doing with my life. Like, yeah. God. If I was with the people I was with when I was 15, uh, yeah. That's a hard one for me to say. <laughs> no. You know what I'm me. talking about. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, probably not for me either, but another story for another time. <laughs> probably not for this. <laughs> Definitely um, not for this. <laughs> um, so he was very handsome. He was well dressed and he always had money for dates. She really didn't give a shit where the money came from, but Okay, I'm digging this. <laughs> it was definitely criminal activity. Well, I mean, always has money for dates. Let's let's go. Morgan! <laughs> she didn't need to know. <laughs> what I'm hearing is you are a Bonnie fan now. <laughs> kind of into her. Kind of like it. <laughs> My God. Well, this is where I'm like, oh, yeah, I get this. Just kidding. Um, so she got a tattoo with two red hearts connecting by arrows with their names high up on the inner part of her thigh. Ooh. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing you never should do is get a tattoo with somebody's name on it. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I am, I would never ever do that, obviously, but like. I know how bad an inner thigh tattoo hurts. And then imagining how far up it was just, oh, my God. Like, my tattoos yeah. go up pretty far on my inner thigh, and I'm still – I still have space. I'm I'm disgusted by that, so. And <laughs> tattoos were, like, super taboo, especially for, like, a pretty little girl. Yeah. Well, she's still young at this point, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's 16. Yeah, that's fucked up. But, hey – to each their own she's happy <laughs> maybe <laughs> whatever well i think she was but so at least at that point in their relationship so she tried like moving out and they like got an apartment and did all that stuff but she missed her mother so much she like always needed to be by her like by her mother um that possibly could have been because she was, like, her only living parent. So she, like, feared that she would lose her, like, unexpectedly, just like she did her dad. But I don't know if that's a valid reason. Like, she was, like, very much, like, needed to be by her mom all the time. Then again, she was very young. So maybe she didn't know, like, yeah, that's true too. what she was signing up for. I don't know. You never yeah. know. 
Well, they ended up moving back in with Emma, so I I can't imagine getting married and then moving back in with my parents. That's a hard no for me. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, I, it, I'd get it if it was like financial and you needed to. I for a, a little bit, but yes, but I love really? my parents to death. Absolutely love my parents. Could not live with them again. <laughs> really, I I could. I could um, not. But I would need like to know I had the freedom I have now <laughs> i i could not i love my parents i love my siblings i don't think i could live with them ever again <laughs> i could do it i just need to like even when my sister I like stays with me for the weekend i'm like please shut the fuck up <laughs> danny i love you <laughs> you know you get yeah i get that i get that <laughs> um no but i've typed this wrong Oops. bonnie always wanted children so that was another thing that she was really, really good with kids. And she was always like everywhere they stayed, like throughout their whole crime spree and everything. She very much was like always wanted to play with kids and like be around the families and stuff like that. Like she was good with people and not because she wanted anything or like that. Like she just genuinely loved children. But um, it was said by her mother and one of Clyde's sisters um, after they had died that Bonnie had like some gynecological like some problems and she had this medical procedure done and then she was not able to conceive so she really couldn't ever have the kids that she really always wanted like Which that was sad that's like really one of the only things she ever wanted in life that's sad too because I think of like medical treatments back then I'm sure it yeah. wasn't like I almost wonder if it was like preventable, like prevent, yeah, preventable. <laughs> like she could have had the surgery nowadays and been fine, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And then I wonder how much that played a part in her, like psychologically. Like if she yeah, wanted sure. to have kids and she couldn't, like what's stopping her from going on the run with her twenty-year-old boyfriend, right? And doing all this shit. Like, I mean, you just lost your dream. Yeah. And, like, she wanted to be famous, so, like, that's going to get me famous, and now I don't have to worry about a kid someday, mm -hmm. any day, like. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if that plays a part in it at all. Yeah. Um, but then a little later on, after, um, after about a year of being married, so this is, like, August 1927, Roy disappears for, like, 10 days. And then in October, for another 19 days, when he wasn't around, he drank, and she'd complain about him drinking, so then he'd hit her. Um, and then he left again for a third time in December. Um, Bonnie thought she knew the girl that he was cheating on her with, so she wrote about it in her diary. She, like, writes all kinds of poems and, like, little excerpts and stuff are like pulled out of her diary and like journal whatever you want to call it um and a lot of the stuff that I'm using is from the book called Go Down Together by Jeff Gwynn um that was a really good book I really like that um and then I also listened to the last podcast on the left those were like the two biggest sources I used I'll like post all of them my sources but those were the biggest ones that I posted or that I used. Um, 
So then after that, after he had left for real, um, she became a waitress. So she was likely only making like three to four dollars a week in her wages. So she really needed tips to survive. So it's speculated, I'm underlining speculated here, that she also dabbled in sex work to supplement her income. It said that she was dressed really nice. The restaurant that she worked in was in a nice part of town. And I thought this was super fucking awful when I read it in the book. Like, it kind of made me mad to read it. But Jeff Gwynn says that there's, like, no possibility of her getting pregnant, so why not? And I was like, that is a, like, that made me so angry when I read that. Yeah, that's not a reason to be a prostitute. (laughs) I Um, was like... Okay. uh, Like... That made me so mad when I read that. Like, it made my heart hurt for her. And, it, like... It's basically, God, like, if can't you can't have imagine. kids... If you can't have kids, like, you might as well just be a prostitute, is what he's saying. That... And I loved the rest of his book, but that one line just, like, made my heart hurt for her. Yeah. Like, I think about how badly I want to have kids, and then, like, if I couldn't, like... Yes, Which, there's other options, which I also am very interested in, but, like, which I don't know if anyone knows this about me, but, like, I really want to be a foster parent someday, but I also really want to have, like, like Your own. carry a child. Like, well, I really want to do that, and I just imagine, like, how I would feel if I were her. Part of me is, like, okay, maybe he's saying that because is that during that time period, like, that, I mean, you're... I don't do think so. Male, do male people find you useless because you can't... I don't think give so. birth to one of their children. I, I mean, I think, think that was that... a big part of it, though. I think that you, you're a wife. You need to have a family and raise the family. And that's even before, like, the 50s and all that. This is the 30s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and, like, in the 50s, you were a wife. You Yeah, but people were so poor at this time. True. Like, that was just another mouth to feed. Like, yes, that was another hand on the farm, but that was another mouth to feed. True. True, true. I don't know. It just kind of made me sad, so I don't know. Maybe I'm I got just looking at both. That. I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Advocate. I don't know. It just I didn't like how he, I think he could have worded that better. Yeah, I could see that. Um. Anyway, so Roy came back in January of 1929. So that was like a year later, and Bonnie broke up with him for good. After that, he was arrested and sentenced to five years in prison. She didn't write to him, but she didn't divorce him either. So, you know. And it's said that she wore her wedding, oh my God, her wedding ring until the day that she died. So she probably didn't hate him too much. But, well, I mean, maybe she was even feeling betrayed and like giving herself, like, oh, there is a chance or something. I don't know. Even when she's with Clyde, though. Yeah, that is true. Like, and maybe it's just, much- uh, it's like, who knows what she went through as a kid. So maybe it's like a comfort thing for her too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then in early 1929, she started waitressing at this new place called Marco's. Um, it would have been definitely better tips because the customers were often like bankers, lawyers, and judges, but she often gave food away for free to people that couldn't afford it. Again, this is her just, like, being nice just for the sake of being nice, like, sticking up for the little guy. 
which what the hell? <laughs> like, how do you go from that to Morgan? You know? Like, they're not stone like stone cold killers. Like, I think that's very much that what was portrayed portrayed in like. Oh, well, well, the- well, well, just hear what you have to say about the killing part. <laughs> Morgan, I'm telling you, most of them were like. Don't f- don't give it away. Don't give it away. I'm just getting annoyed because I'm like I swear like yes they did kill people. I'm not saying that part is cool at all and like that is a choice, but like at this point like she really hasn't done anything. I know that's and- what I'm saying like feel bad for her then. Don't feel bad for the killer part of her. I know but also she never killed anyone. Well, you just gave that all away. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling you right now, she never killed anyone. I'm going to need you to not get defensive because you're ruining the I'm the, stressing. The I'm stressing because you're like shitting on her and I'm like, stop. I can give it back. I can take it back at some point. Just relax. She deserves a little, but like, take her down a notch. <laughs> hey, I only know what I know right now. So I'm commenting on what I know. Okay, well. <laughs> and now so, I know she never killed anybody, and so does everybody else. Well, good. Now you can all take it down a notch. You can give her a little shit, but take her down just a little hair. Okay. I feel like I'm drunk, and I didn't even drink anything. I'm, like, slurring. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so she gave food away for free to people that couldn't afford it, so they threatened to fire her, like, five times, but she was so good at her job, they just, like, didn't fire her ever because she was really personal she's a good waitress everyone got along with her and then when the depression hit that restaurant closed and she was out of a job and then skip to early january of 1930 bonnie's brother gets married she went to a party that they had and the brother of the bride brought along a friend who caught her eye bum, bum. okay now we're gonna talk about clyde I'm surprised you didn't say anything. Anyways. I'm scared too. (laughs) I feel like I already got, I honestly didn't know she didn't kill anybody. So that like totally (laughs) took her her down a couple notches for me. (laughs) Cause they didn't just go in like guns a blazing. I know nothing about this. So like, I'm looking at this as someone who knows nothing about this. And that was like, oh, (laughs) Morgan's like, Maybe I better sit down. <laughs> Maybe I'm a li- No, I'm kind of upset that you said that. <laughs> what are you going to do? You said it. Now tell me about Clyde. Okay. So Clyde's birthday was noted incorrectly when he was born. So we're off to a good start. His mother told authorities that he was born in 1909, but she wrote in like her family Bible that he was born March 24th of 1910 which probably would have been correct because that probably would have been where she kept like all of her information. He was the fifth of seven children of Henry and Kumi Barrow. Her name does not look like, I don't know. I've never seen that name before. I've never heard it. Anyways, so all the boys that she had, I think she had, four boys and three girls, I think. Um, all the boys had nicknames and Clyde was known as Bud because he was so friendly. Um, his older brother was nicknamed Buck and then there was a Jack 
that was the nickname jack and then he had a younger brother that had big ears so they nicknamed him flop um kumi made all of her children attend school as much as possible and then obviously what they could outside of work but even more importantly than school to her was their faith so that was definitely a huge part of their lives um so the barrows were very very poor but according to kumi and the church that meant that god loved them more than the rich people this gave the obvious implication from the church that poor people were good and rich people were bad um so that's what all the barrow children went by that's an interesting like mindset and that's like, like that's what the their mom taught that's what the church taught that was very much the mindset in that area it's very opposite of each other like one thinks they're better than everyone doesn't matter and the other's like well you're poor you're better <laughs> like it's very weird well i mean they're both kind of in the same mindset like we are better than the rich people but they're just for very different reasons yeah 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 um so oddly enough at this time kumi was the parent that did the hitting in the family not henry so like henry was a farmer so he was out in the field all the time and kumi did more of like the discipline and like took care of the children she did a lot more with her kids that doesn't mean henry was a bad dad by like any means but she was just more of the firm hand there Again, but, I think that's like kind of normal for that time. Well, not I don't normal. No, I think dad was even what I was reading and like everything I've listened to. The dad was still like the discipline figure. Hmm. I'm only thinking like, okay, I here's my thought. It's Great Depression. Like the dad's probably working a shit ton, which puts the mom kind of in a because women obviously like for a long time women shouldn't work in that mindset so mm -hmm. that's my only thought with that this is kind of where it starts to change though like women start like, work women need to work because we don't have money <laughs> well i mean obviously world war ii is where it gets really big so that's quite right. a ways after this but like this is kind of where they need as much money as possible and right. there's jobs that women can do like hairdressers and teachers and like things like that well they can so do anything <laughs> And there's my <laughs> there's Morgan's little feminist spiel. They can be CEOs of Google. <laughs> oh my god. Moving that on. Wasn't around. <laughs> Moving on. It's like the local newspaper. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Oh my god. Okay. So despite that, all seven children really did have close relationships with their mom throughout their lives. They knew that she loved them despite like her whipping or hitting or whatever and her being so stern like they knew that she loved them and did that from like a place of love to like make them better people not that it really worked for some of them but um yeah but for the most part the children were all fairly well behaved growing up until buck and clyde started stealing um but before this um no sorry I'm getting ahead of myself. So Buck and Clyde started stealing. That's kind of when they start getting like kind of naughty, but not like anything crazy. So Buck quit school after third grade, which wasn't 
that was still odd for the time. I think they said most kids went to school until like eighth grade at this point. So Buck, Henry, their dad was illiterate. Like he could not read at all. And Buck was almost as bad as his dad was as far as like education wise. But although Clyde really didn't like school any more than Buck did, he still stayed and he went to school I think they said he went to school until he was like 16, but he actually really enjoyed going to church, which made his mom really happy. Um, a little bit more about like Clyde and things that he liked and didn't like. Clyde loved being in charge. Um, even as kids, when they played games, he wanted to be the one in charge of picking who played who. And he always said no back talk. I'm in charge. You can't tell me what to do. And don't give me sass. Um, and he almost always, like, his siblings and, like, his friends that grew up with him said that he always chose to be an outlaw like Jesse James or Billy the Kid. And very much he had the mindset, like, he wanted to be a rebel who stood up for themselves and died doing so. Um, so even as a kid, that was kind of in his mind that that's what he wanted. I wonder Uh, if that's, like, anything to do, like, he couldn't be a rebel at home, so he kind of, like, you know, when you're at play, you're like, I'm um, the rebel. Well, I mean, this bleeds into his real life real quick, and kind of like I said earlier, almost all of the poor kids in that area had that same mindset. Like, they looked up to those guys because they stuck up for the little guys. Right. So, it's it's like your superhero. Except... They're actually bad guys. Except they're <laughs> bad guys, but you know what I mean. It's their superhero. Um, so Clyde liked handling guns, but he didn't really like shooting animals. So he liked more like target practice and things like that. Whereas his brother liked hunting, not because he liked killing things, but because he liked outdoorsy stuff like hunting and fishing. So that was more of what Buck was into. So that's where Clyde and Buck kind of differed. Um They also differed in the fact that they had a totally different type of temper. So Clyde remembered literally every insult, and he would hold a grudge like no fucking other. Uh, He didn't act on it right away, but it said that forgiveness was not part of his character. Um, He tried to avoid fights, and then when he felt there was really no other option... That's when he would like go batch it. That's interesting. Like that he would hold a grudge, but he tries to avoid fights. I don't know why. That's very interesting to me. Like, I feel like I can see that though. It's like you don't want, you don't like confrontation. But like, yeah, you're going to hold a grudge forever. I remember everything, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go beat the shit out of someone. Yeah, that is true. I remember everyone that pisses me off. True, true. I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm different because, like, someone crosses me. I'm like, okay, first of all, we're going to talk about this. See, it depends what it is, but most of the time I'm like, okay, fuck you. I'm done with that. I'm done with you. Yeah, I'm very and then if I'm- And then if you come back around, like, that's when I'm going to be like, okay, listen here. I may not, like, beat the shit out of you, but I'm going to confront you on it. That's See, I avoid confrontation. <laughs> I don't mind confrontation. It's kind of fun sometimes. You're scary. Yeah, I'm not always the best when you're arguing with me. No, you're freaking scary. Yeah, I could see that. 
I'm sorry, but like you said it. Let's fucking tell, say it to my that face. That doesn't mean you have to attack me. I'm not going to attack anybody, but I'm going to like verbally be like, what the fuck? You know? Anyways, <laughs> there's our difference in personality yet again. <laughs> oh, look, another one. <laughs> another another one. <laughs> DJ Khaled. You. Yeah. <laughs> and <Okay>. we're back. <laughs> so, if he lost a fight, he'd wait for the right moment and attack again. That's fucking scary. Okay, I see, I wouldn't do that. So, that makes me feel good. That is scary, though, because, like, he, like, you would just kind of, like, look around for him, I guess. If you knew that about him, you'd just be like, I don't think Shit. he was going to walk up and, like, shoot you. He'd be like, But still, like, dude, what the fuck? He's after you, man. He's yeah. going to get you. <laughs> um, don't like that. No. So, he and his siblings spent a portion of every year living with their uncle. And while they were there, they were still expected to do, like, all their schoolwork and then help out on the farm and everything. His cousins did like him, but they complained that he never wanted to hunt, which, again, was different because most of the boys liked to hunt then. And he would rather play Billy the Kid or Jesse James. Like, he always wanted to play, like, an outlaw, like, cops versus robbers kind of thing. At least that's how I'm picturing it, because I don't know how else you would pill. No, like that. I'm, I, I feel that, yeah. <laughs> um, so while they were out there, like in the country, there wasn't a ton of mischief that they could, you know, get into. There was some, but it was pretty limited, um, which was good at that point in their lives. So... Now we're going to jump to his older siblings for a second here. So his older siblings, Jack, Artie, and Nell, um, had seen what farming had done to their parents and pretty much decided that was not a good career choice for any of them. So they were all like, yeah, fuck this. We're going to the city. So they all found new jobs when they were old enough to move out. And that meant they weren't able to help on the farm. So... That kind of sucked for them. Um, I believe, like, one of them was a mechanic. One of them was a hairdresser because now people with money wanted other people to do their stuff for them. So that's kind of how that was going. And then in addition to um, seeing their father struggle with trying to keep his farm alive, now there were bull weevils. Do you know what a bull weevil is? Hell no. I was just about to be like, what the heck is that? <laughs> it's like a little beetle that oh. eats and destroys crops. I don't know why I was picturing like a mammal, but yeah, beetles. Doesn't you know. bull weevil sound kind of cute? It does. Like, it sounds like a cute little mammal. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I like thinking, a little what? hedgehog, kind of? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, like, fuzzier. That's what I picture. Yeah, you're like, oh, get over here and cuddle. Except but it's like, like a little... It's a beetle. It's like a cricket beetle thing. It's like an insect. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I just killed a spider, by the way. <laughs> wow, you didn't even scream. I did. Well, it was on mute. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God. What are you doing in here? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what? <laughs> Okay, so they, as in Henry and Kumi, knew that they wouldn't be able to take care of their land um, on their own. Even if the cotton prices came back up, 
and the boll weevils went away because they were overworked and undernourished. So they knew that was not happening. So now their primary care was survival. So pretty much they up and moved to Dallas um, in 1922. So Clyde would have been 12. His younger brother Flop was nine and his younger sister Marie was four. I meant so, to say this before. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Flop is like the cutest nickname I've ever heard. I know, right? And it's I meant to say it before, ears. but oh my God. This is adorable. I love that. A little flop flop. <laughs> a little cutie pie. I want to pinch his oh cheeks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. So, okay. So now I'm going to talk about Dallas for just a second here, just so we kind of know where. Um, what they kind of resent because they grow to resent the city of Dallas. So Dallas was intentionally made to be a nice city. And the leaders of the city wanted it to be better than any city in Texas and the U S. So this is a quote from that book that I was talking about the go down together. It says major rail lines intersected in Dallas, making it the state hub of travel and trade. Downtown Dallas had its first skyscraper in 1907 and was home to one of the nation's, or sorry, home of one of the nation's 12 federal reserve banks. Banking was Dallas's religion and capitalism was its creed. I can absolutely understand their family hating that. Yeah. Because the banks wow. are what... At that point, the banks are, like, what everyone hated. Well, right. Like, like, in, like anyone, you were saying. Anyone that had money in there, like, all those people that thought they were okay, it was because they had invested and they had put money in the bank right. that they couldn't get to, and now all of a sudden it's gone. Versus mm -hmm. people like the Barrows, they barely had enough money to get by, let alone put any spare cash they had into a bank. Well, right. And like you were saying, like, his mom raised them to think, Poor people were okay, good the, and rich people were bad. Good, the rich people are bad. So you're living there and you're like, oh, you have a skyscraper? Really? Like, yeah, like, who the fuck are you? Where are you getting you? the money for that? And like, okay. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. So the overall goal was to build a city that rivaled San Francisco or even, <laughs> these made me laugh, Athens or Paris as a cultural mecca. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, what's well, because you look at the city Dallas. now and you're like, wow, wow, that's as I good as Athens. <laughs> I've never been to Dallas, so I can't talk shit at all. I've I barely I've been, been to in Texas. their airport. I think I've been in their airport, and I want to say, I know I've been in their airport. Not impressive, brah. <laughs> Morgan, an airport's always shitty. Well, I've been to some good airports. Uh, Minneapolis has a pretty good one, so I don't know. I mean, you're trying to impress me and flying through. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on where was i uh they didn't want to be thought of as another texas town which i mean i get it but also be proud of where you're from come on we're from wisconsin and we love it um yeah <laughs> morgan's like fuck no no i i do fit into wisconsin i just i'm a little more bougie and i'm like i Love it. Uh, yeah, I'm the bougier side of Wisconsin. I, I don't mean to be, but maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> and someone from, like, a big city would come here and be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I know, I'd be like, look at my nice apartment. <laughs> no, like, 
this is like my fucking closet, man. Yeah, I know, right? I'll be like, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we're like, where's the fucking ranch, eh? You got yeah. any milk in the fridge? Yeah, right. Got a cheese cupboard in there? Oh, my God. What? I was just going to ask if they could pass me a cheese stick. <laughs> Everyone has to have a cheese cupboard with cheese sticks, <laughs> cheese slices, shredded cheese. It's got to have it all. You got to have, like, 15 different kinds of cheeses or it's right. not real. I mean, honestly, how are you to please every guest that comes over if you don't have a variety <laughs> of cheese? I probably have like four different kinds of cheese know, in my right? fridge right now. I go to the store and I'm like, oh, I know I got cheese already, but <laughs> might as well get some more. I could freeze it. Use it later. <laughs> oh my God. It's so Wisconsin. <laughs> I just love the, I can freeze it. I feel like <laughs> that's good. also, that's a very Midwest thing. <laughs> you can. You can freeze cheese. Don't let them fool you. <laughs> I follow this girl on Instagram. Okay, I'm almost done with this side side story. Okay, I follow this girl on Instagram. She's from Madison, I think. Um, her name is Laura Julaine. Um, uh, yeah, anyways. So she does like these workouts and stuff, but she's from Wisconsin as well. And she posts these like, um, questions on her Instagram stories. And it, one of them was like, are you, okay. Do you have multiple freezers? Yes or no. And then her next question was, do you live in the Midwest? Yes or no. And then she kind of went on a little rant about like, are you really from the Midwest? If you don't have a second freezer? Well, shit, I don't, but I live alone. So, like, what am I going to do with a second fucking freezer? I have a second fucking freezer. Might as well fill it with some beef and venison. I have a deer head in my freezer right now. It's not no, even that's mine. Not that's not even it's not even mine. The day I can get a second freezer, I'll be the perfect Midwest woman. Um, You want to hear, I'll top that. That was part of what I got when my grandpa died, when my puppet died. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you, Papa. <laughs> Got his chest freezer. <laughs> Sorry not to make oh light of that. Rest in peace. <laughs> no, it's fine. He'd laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. God. I don't even remember where we were. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Someone wrote a skyscraper, I think. Oh, no. It's because oh, yeah. I said be proud of where he came from. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> And then that's another Wisconsin thing. Go off about be proud of where you came from for five minutes. <laughs> okay, seriously, off the topic. Oh, God. Okay. We'll have to do a side episode where we just talk about Wisconsin things. <laughs> oh, I would God. love that. I have a lot to say. <laughs> You're probably going to shit on it. Um, I'm bougie, but some there are some Wisconsin things that like I couldn't live without aka cabinet or whatever in your fridge whatever that drawer for your cheese it's a like, cheese drawer. drawer it is a cheese uh, i can't think of anything <laughs> funny keep going please <laughs> okay so the city litter litters city leaders had a specific type of person that they wanted their residents to be they didn't care for anyone that f- did not fit into that category so like i said before this is where i wrote it um, Clyde's siblings had opportunities because they were mechanics and hairdressers. So the city welcomed them because they could help the people that really mattered. But their dad, Henry, who was a farmer, 
was illiterate and didn't have any valuable air quotes skills they didn't really give a shit about people like that they did not offer him the same opportunities of course not and so when they traveled to dallas in their archaic horse and wagon um love it yeah so when they showed up there there were only so many like low skill level factory jobs available so most what was i gonna say oh they like others were not what the city leaders had wanted and most of the people that started going there after all the farms were failing after um like all of this is going on which this is before the farms are failing but it's still like leading up to that like it's still the great depression so um the city leaders were like holding meetings to try and figure out how they were going to get these farmers and immigrating people to uh stay out of the cities because they didn't want them there and they didn't want to assimilate them so they just stuck them in their own little pod which is where we get cement city where bonnie was from and west dallas which was also known as the bog which is where clyde grew up and that was supposed to be the worst slum of dallas that sounds just so welcoming and just so comforting like what yeah Let's a move to the bog. Should be fucking proud of. Come on, you want the best city ever? Let's move some people to the bog. <laughs> Assholes. God. Well, wow. okay, so this is like a little after the fact, but like I thought this was an interesting fact. In 1948, a social service agency did their first like formal survey of West Dallas, and the estimated population that they came up with was 24,150 people in this little slum. Yeah, that's That's not a even a lot. That's like wow. eight times of my hometown. And wh- how big was the bog? <laughs> Did it say I might have missed that? I, I mean, it's got to be small. It's got to yeah, be Yeah, they said they said how many acres it was. I didn't write it down. Well, no shit. It was like fucking depressing like it was like it was like a small city but like they were fucking crammed in there still that's really sad i don't like that yeah something to be proud of texas (sighs) yeah we're not shitting on texas we're not sorry (laughs) i might have for a second sorry (laughs) (laughs) morgan is getting I'm just saying we don't have bogs in Wisconsin. <laughs> we just have little swamps. You can just live on the lake. <laughs> we have marshes. It's super no, expensive. So we have wetland. No, we don't have. We wetland. do. We have marshes. Oh, we do. Yeah, there's a marsh like where I was born. I only lived there for like a year or so. <laughs> there's literally a marsh field Wisconsin. Oh, I was gonna. <laughs> oh my God! Fuck me. Okay, so knee slapper. Yep. <laughs> We got some marshes. We got all kinds of water. We're really getting Wisconsin. Okay, we got to rein this in because I still have ways to go. Oh my God, keep going. Okay, so they didn't have a tent to sleep in, so they slept under their wagon and they relied heavily on the Salvation Army for food. Um, also, since Henry didn't have the same opportunities as someone else and he didn't want to report to anyone else, he became a scrap man. So he'd hitch up his horse in his wagon and he'd spend the day picking up scrap metal and hauling it in for pennies for like hundreds of pounds worth of metal, which I can relate to this a little bit because we haul in scrap metal 
not not like we go find it but like we have it it's we're doing this all good but like i can relate to like that part of it like it takes a lot of scrap metal to get money and like i think of my brother my brother used to bring in cans when he was little he would bring in like all kinds of cans for money you know how many freaking pounds of cans like how many garbage bags full it takes to pay out even a tiny amount of money yeah it's a lot it's ridiculous And that's, like, stuff you would just find around because you're not going to find, like, just huge amounts of, like, heavy metal that you can bring in. Like, even if you find appliances, you got to take all kinds of shit out before you can haul it in for scrap. Quite honestly, it's a good, like, side job. It's not a full-time job. So I can see where you're going. Yeah. Like, even if you find, like, a fridge on the side of the road, you got to call all kinds of shit out before you can bring that in because they don't want any of that stuff with the Freon and all that. Right, right. Anyways, so they were eventually, like, after a long time, one of the only families to actually build a house in West Dallas, but that was out of, like, the scraps that he had, Henry had saved. So Clyde started spending more time in West Dallas. This is a different thing, but he started spending more time in West Dallas when he, his father, and Marie became so ill no, this was in Dallas, not West Dallas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Him, his dad, and his sister got so ill that they um, ended up in a charity hospital with what they said was either malaria or yellow fever. And then the side effects of this would actually stick with Clyde for the rest of his life. So that was interesting. Um, but at this is 5'5", but I read somewhere else he was 5'7", and about 120 pounds. That's the biggest he would ever be in his life. And I just think about that. What? (laughs) And I think about 120 pounds, like, I probably weighed that in, like, sixth grade. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, a fat kid, but, like, I probably weighed that in, like, sixth grade. Dude, I'm 5'7", and I didn't even weigh 120 in high school. I think I weighed 130, and that was still pretty skinny looking back. And I can't even tell you the last time I weighed that up that much. Now I'm not even close to that, and I'm still 5 fucking 7. So thank you, Clyde. <laughs> I've been 5'2 since 6th grade, probably the last time I weighed anything relatively close to that. But I've also had boobs since I was like nine. So okay, that probably well, doesn't there's help. there's that comment. <laughs> that probably doesn't help with the weight thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out my weight thing. <laughs> Yours isn't because your boobs? I don't know what mine's about. Mine uh, is a, they're a hindrance. Well, either way, Clyde's a skinny bitch. Damn it, Clyde. <laughs> and a short one. Hate him. <laughs> oh my God. All I can think about now that we made that comment in the last podcast on the left, <laughs> they made a joke in two of their three episodes that once you go short, you don't abort. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. all I can think about. Okay. That made me laugh so hard. Yeah. They are so I mean, funny. In her case, she didn't abort, so I get it. <laughs> oh, God. I love those guys. They're so funny. And one of those guys is from Wisconsin, too. Wisconsin. Okay. Stevens Point, eh? Okay, Clyde, he considered being a musician at one point, and his sisters did brag about him being a good musician, 
But eventually he quit school at 16, which, like I said before, is fairly normal. And then he got his first job at the Brown Cracker and Candy Company for a dollar a day, which is not much. I think they said it's like a dollar something an hour now. So not good. Not great, yeah. Um, So... At this point in history, it was really hard for people to grow out of the class that they were in. So, like, if you were born poor, you stayed poor. So, that was kind of hard. And then people that were in jobs like this usually averaged, like, seven-ish dollars a week. Um, Clyde did, like, window shopping, but he soon became very frustrated because he realized that a nice suit was easily $20, And a saxophone, which he played, was going to be at least twice that. So when you make a dollar a day, you're not going to save up $20 for a suit you can wear on Sunday. Or $40 for a saxophone. Especially when you have shit to pay for. Yeah. So he did try to, like, make an honest living. But he found out that he could not get the things he wanted doing that. So he started stealing to supplement his income. Um, and in West Dallas, it was fairly like a lawless place. So they would just cross the river and then they could steal other families' chickens. Um, this says knickknacks. I love that. Um, and even cars were like considered okay to steal. So his older brother, Buck, started off by stealing chickens. Sorry, I had a sniffle. Stealing chickens so he could compete in cockfights at a very young age which there's money in that though the number of times this book and the podcast i listened to said cock unreal (laughs) yep (laughs) unreal we'll skip over it let's skip the cock (laughs) uh whoa did you say that i i said it (laughs) you heard it Not feeling it tonight. (laughs) Okay, so Kumi, the mom, she decided to choose not to know what her son was up to. But Buck was eventually caught, and then he was let go. So he did earn himself, like, a spot as, like, a likely suspect. So every time then, like, the police would have suspicions of someone stealing something they'd go ask buck if he knew anything about it and they bother him all the time so then after the chickens then he got in dog fights and then he eventually brought a pit bull home and it, this is said to actually have ripped his sister's dress right off of her so kumi gave him an ultimatum said either you leave or the dog leaves so he got rid of that dog and then buck also tried changing jobs oh wait no this is clyde sorry I wrote he. Clyde tried changing jobs to get more money, so he went from the Brown Cracker Company at a dollar a day to Procter & Gamble's 30 cents per hour. I know Morgan's going to say something, so I'm just going to keep going. I hate Procter & Gamble! <laughs> um, he also tried to enlist in the Navy, but they uh, told him he was too sickly to join because he was too small. Isn't that so... God, I can't imagine. <laughs> I I can't even imagine someone you're too say, scrawny. You're too tiny. You're too I'd be small. Like, we don't want you. And I'd say, what the <laughs> fuck are you looking at? <laughs> no, 
not me, sir. <laughs> you got the wrong chart. <laughs> oh, damn, I'm sorry. Keep going. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> that was you know. So before he got turned away, he kind of made a little bit of a premature decision here, and he got a tattoo. <laughs> and this made me laugh so hard. He got the letters USN tat- tattooed on his arm. But like I said, they told him he was too sickly to join, so that was sucks because that's permanent. Because the tattoo was going to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, well, then he eventually got some more tattoos because he got his girlfriend's initials, EBW, and then another girlfriend's name, Anne, and then another girlfriend's aim, uh, name, Grace, all below that. So I'm just imagining how gaudy this tattoo must be. I'm have sorry, but that is the number one rule of tattoos. You don't <laughs> tattoo someone's fucking name on you. I have a whole leg sleeve and I would never, ever, ever consider putting someone's name on don't my body. Do that. Unless don't. it's your child, which is, even then, put something even else then. on there. Even I, then, I, I can't. You're not going to forget your kid's name. I'm going to put my own fucking name on my body. That's what I'm going to do. Forehead. Start a trend. (laughs) Please don't. I won't. (laughs) Okay. So then the Dallas County deputy um, told a reporter that his first encounter with Clyde was around like 1926. uh, (laughs) Sorry. For stealing poultry. Chickens. So Clyde didn't go to jail because of this because there were so many kids that stole chickens at that point. So now we get into <coughs> good lord. Okay. Clyde's first like real girlfriend, I think, that was like a huge part in his life. This is the EBW tattoo, Eleanor Williams. So they started dating and all of a sudden he started telling people that he was engaged. So that was red flag there's a couple I know, red flags like hyperventilating holy shit <laughs> like you just start dating someone and no. he's walking around we're getting married <laughs> no <laughs> so actually i think i'm gonna leave now i've known you for like a month so they fought a lot in 1926 and then she moved to live with her relatives in east texas he actually rented a car and invited her mom to drive with him so he could go apologize. But he didn't tell the rental agency that he was going out of town, so they filed a complaint. And then on December 3rd, Clyde was arrested by Dallas police for car theft. But he wasn't charged since the car was returned. And then from there, Clyde persuaded Eleanor to elope. I know. Odd. I was waiting for a response. But then Kumi said that they were away several days when the girl got suspicious that Clyde really didn't intend to marry her. And she came home and Clyde showed up a few days later. That was the end of those two. Probably super glad he got that tattoo though, right? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Totally worth it. I'm glad I spent that money. 
So three weeks later, Clyde and Buck were arrested for stealing a truckload of turkeys to be sold for the holidays. Interesting. Techies. Fitting. Fitting. Yeah, Thanksgiving, man. Anyways, Buck took full responsibility when they were caught. Um, but now Clyde was in the same spot that Buck was in where every time something happened, they went and took him in and got him to ask to answer all these questions i don't know what i was trying to say there um but not only did he not make good money but now he got picked up at work so he really couldn't keep a job but now we're shifting i'm sorry i feel like i'm jumping all over the place but there's so much information so 1908 henry ford makes history he says that his cars will be so low in price that no man making a good salary will be unable to own one. So we have the 1909 Model T Ford. 11,000 of those were sold, and they went for $825 a piece. Then, um, by 1915, there were 2.5 million cars on the road, and many car owners left their keys in their car and even if they didn't it was so easy to hotwire at that time that car theft became like a huge thing so this gave Clyde the opportunity to steal and sell cars so now this becomes like his next new job so cars stolen in North Texas were often driven to Oklahoma where they'd be repainted and then they'd sell them for like a hundred dollars so um Clyde was picked up for this on February 22nd of 1928 in Fort Worth, but they couldn't really hold him because they didn't have much, and he was released, and this gave him the idea that the law could not touch him. So then on August 18th, since he was all big-headed in San Antonio, he was arrested for trying door handles on multiple cars, like the cops literally watched him go from car to car looking for one that was open. And then um, and then the barrels went all the way to San Antonio to be there for the trial with their horse and buggy. Oh, my phone's ringing, but I'm not going to go get it. <laughs> and then the judge must have felt good about that um, or bad, however you want to take that. So they dismissed the charges. So now Clyde finds this guy, Frank Close, who's like the same age as him, and he encourages Clyde to just pursue his life of crime. And then <clears throat> at some point during the fall of 1929, Frank, Clyde, and Buck were arrested based on suspicion that they were planning to rob a lumber company, but they were released the next day. I feel like these guys are not very conspicuous or like... Um, very quiet about their plans. Like, I feel like they're asking people how you would do this. Yeah, I was thinking, like, either they're very innocent looking or, like, they're quick to go to or they're sneaky. Like, I don't know. It seems like they get arrested and let go a lot. Yeah, I think it's just because there were so many people in jail at that point because everyone was stealing shit to, like, get to a point where they could survive. Yeah, that makes sense. So 
after Clyde became friends with Frank and as he got closer, there were more alleged crimes. Um, but there was some good luck that started happening for the Barrows because later in the fall of 1929, Henry was picking scrap like usual. Car went out of control, hit his horse, dead. Um, some stories call it a donkey. I don't know why. But anyways, he threatened a lawsuit and the driver settled and paid him like six or eight hundred dollars. Clyde's sister didn't know when she was telling the story later on. So it was like in that ballpark. But then he used that money to buy a Model T Ford so he could pick up more scrap. But he probably bought the truck version so he could pick up all that shit. Um, but that is a good thing for him. <clears throat> so November of 1929. Now we're just about where things are going to start happening. So November of 1929, Buck starts dating this girl that um, – his family really thinks is going to help him out, get him on straight and narrow. Um, her name is Blanche Caldwell Callaway. She has two last names because she's married. <laughs> she is the daughter of a preacher, and she's currently hiding from her future or from her current husband. Yeah, that sounds like a really helpful person. <laughs> <laughs> but Kumi insisted that she was exactly what Buck needed, which she kind of seems like she is, other than those two facts, which. Actually, that's just one fact. <laughs> the preacher's daughter thing doesn't really hurt anything. No, that's um, probably better. <laughs> anyways, so, and her husband probably could have been, could have been a major asshole. So maybe she did need to hide for him. Maybe, you never know. Um, but so they ended up being together and immediately they gave each other nicknames. Do you want to guess? Uh... No. <laughs> Blanche was baby and Buck was daddy. Ewie. <laughs> Big <laughs> over here. Yes, and no, I just did a baby gig. Not happy. <clears throat> so the Barrel Boys bragged that you never break the law until you're caught. That was a quote. I said caught really weird. No, you did, but no, I, I, I get the logic. You didn't do it if you didn't I get feel like I feel like that's, my dad always makes the joke that stop signs are just suggestions. Yeah. And um, what's the other one? My dad always jokes about stupid shit like that. Um, makes sense, easy, though. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> Sounds like Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> nope, that's, that's Dan. <laughs> both of them <laughs> um so clyde buck and some other dude i don't they didn't say his name stole a buick then a little later on they saw a ford so they said fuck the buick we're gonna take the ford instead then they broke into a house this is all on the same night broke into a house but they were kind of sad with the the loot that they took because it was just a little bit of jewelry and a little bit of cash so they decided they were gonna break into this motor mark garage and they found a small safe, but they couldn't crack it inside. So these geniuses haul the whole safe outside and load it into the Ford. As they're doing that, this police officer drives up and sees them. So Clyde bails on foot. He's like, fuck this. I am not going to jail. Oh, shit. My nose burped. Um, so he books it on foot. Buck tried to, but he got shot through both legs. And he was arrested. And so was the accomplice that was with him. 
On December 6th, they were both in indicted for burglary, and then December 17th, they were tried. Buck was sentenced to four years at Huntsville State Prison. And then due to overcrowding, like we talked about, pardons were super common. So that's what the bureau was prayed for. But uh, this kind of encouraged Clyde to like take a break here. And especially because he was still wanted for like multiple other crimes, like car theft in different counties and cities and stuff. But on January of 1930, Clyde was invited to a party by one of his longtime friends, whose name is Clarence. And then this is party was January 5th of 1930. Bonnie and Clyde met. So Bonnie. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Duan, they met. Um, Bonnie always responded to a man who looked, sorry, who acted like he was in charge um which later um in one of the other podcasts i talk or that i listened to i think this one was like it was either criminal couples or female criminals um they call this hybristophilia which is like a sexual attraction to a criminal and then At first, she starts off as passive. There's, like, no action in the crimes whatsoever. But then she moves to aggressive where she's taking some part in the crimes. So Mm. we'll talk about that more on the next episode. But just know that's probably something that she possibly had. And then this is also also known as Bonnie and Klein syndrome. So that is, like, named after them. Wow. So, Bonnie was well-dressed and clingy, which is just what Clyde wanted, and both were poorer than shit, so they had something to talk about, <laughs> and Bonnie's eleven stature complimented Clyde at just five foot seven. She's tinier than hell. Yeah. Holy hell. I'm, like, kind of looking at pictures of her. She's really pretty. She's teeny tiny, yeah. Hmm. And they're both, like, relatively attractive people. I was going to, like, they're not bad looking. Mm -hmm. Which is part of the glamour of all of it, which we'll talk about next time. Yeah. But to wrap this up, in February, Clyde went to Bonnie's house one night to let her know that he'd be leaving town for a bit the next morning. And she made it really obvious how she really did not want him to go. So she went on and on and on until her mom suggested that he just spend the night. Not in her bed, but, like, in their house. Right. So he slept on the couch, which made it really easy for him to get picked up by the police the next morning when they came looking for him. Bum bum. That's where I'm pausing. Oh shit. <laughs> well, at least we know. At least we know they met, and then now we know the police are after Clyde. So Clyde's getting picked up. Clyde's yeah. getting picked up, and he's going away. Mm, Clyde. Fine. <laughs> oh, you He's just said you didn't us. like him. I don't understand I don't why like you. Him. I don't understand why you like Clyde, but you don't like Bonnie. I don't like. Well, I don't like Clyde. You've been so nice to Clyde this whole time. Well, I'm just. You know, you gave me a bombshell halfway through, and now I just. I don't know what to trust. You want to know another dagger? No, please. Save it for our fans. <laughs> I'm. For our fans' sake, come on. 
seriously. I feel like this is a well-known one. No, we're not. We'll talk about it later. Come on. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. Good. We left it on a cliffhanger. So what happens to Bonnie and Clyde now that Clyde's getting picked up? So we'll find out in part two. Two. Ooh. It's like a cow. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a ghost. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be a cow, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, this has got to be our longest episode ever. Yeah, so, so I'm sorry. So, like, follow us on Facebook at Spill the Milk <laughs> Podcast and Spill the Milk underscore podcast on Instagram. And our Gmail, if you want to tell us that we screwed something up or if you want to tell us how much you love us, because that'd be good to hear, um, <laughs> is podcast.spillthemilk at gmail.com. So yeah, sorry for the long episode, but hopefully it was interesting. I'm not apologizing because I cut out a lot of good You did do good facts. You did. You did. I kept it like interesting, but like important. Of course. Of course. I'm proud of (laughs) you. There's the accent. accent? It's always accent. But with that, we're going to give you a goodbye.